0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a lifelong podcast. My name is Heidi O'Brien and I am the host of the show. Lifelong is a podcast all about non-toxic living and longevity, and I'm on a mission to make it easy and accessible for all. So if these are up your alley, you're definitely in the right place. Every Friday, a new episode releases and I bring on guests and I also do solo episodes Diving deeper into topics all around non toxic living and longevity. Today is an episode all about making a non toxic kitchen. And I'm going to dive deep into some product recommendations as well as red flags, plus those solutions. I'm going to share everything that I have done for my kitchen and then I will also talk a little bit more about some of those toxins in depth, but not to overwhelm you. But let's jump right into it because I am excited for this episode. People are always asking me for recommendations about non-toxic products, especially ones in the kitchen. So the kitchen is not the room that I would recommend everyone starts with. If you're new to non-toxic living, you're going to feel way too overwhelmed learning about these toxins and thinking, oh my God, I need to swap literally everything in my home. And that is not the case. If you're new to this, I do always suggest making swaps in the rooms that you spend the most time in. So starting at that bedroom, because we spend one third of our lives in the bedroom with sleeping and all the things. That's what it adds up to, which is absolutely wild that a third of our life is in the bedroom. So definitely optimizing the bedroom is the best bang for your buck, the best place to start. And slowly you will start to make upgrades as you can. I know that it can feel expensive and overwhelming, but truly it doesn't have to be. I always say like if you're due for a new mattress maybe upgrade it to an avocado or an organic mattress. And that's on the extreme end of the spectrum. Like that's obviously a more expensive product. There are so many other places you could start with, you know, sheets and non-toxic blackout curtains. My friend was just telling me that Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E, has awesome organic cotton non-toxic blackout curtains. So this is not an episode about the bedroom, but I did want to just like start off talking about the home because when we look at the whole home, if you're new to this, it can really just feel like too much. So start at the bedroom. Next thing I would say is go to the office if you are working at home, that is. That's another area where majority of people spend a lot of their time and their life. So upgrading the office space is always the next best option as well. You know, purchasing furniture that is free of flame retardants and other creepy chemicals like that, you know, finding solid wood furniture and desks and, you know, maybe investing in an air purifier, dusting and and vacuuming that room more often would be also very beneficial. But the next room that a lot of people spend a lot of time in is the kitchen. I myself spend a ton of time in the kitchen. I love cooking. I also am in a small place, which maybe you are, maybe you aren't. I'll share just a bit about my situation. So I'm in an apartment still, and it's like an open concept. So the kitchen kind of overflows into the office, which overflows into the living room. And then the bathroom and bedrooms are separate. So that being said, I've tried, because I'm in a small space, to upgrade all of the different areas. And also, I've been on this journey for close to the health journey 10 plus years, but the non-toxic journey at least five years. So it has been a journey, let me tell you. It is not something that has happened overnight. I have learned so much over the years and I'd like to take what I have learned and apply it to my life in a very gentle way. So, like I said, that's where I'm at. I do not expect you to be there yet. And you don't have to get there. Like this is not a oh, this is what I'm doing, you should do it kind of thing. This is just, hey, laying out the facts. There are a lot of toxins in our world more than the human race population has ever experienced. It's a privilege to have this knowledge. So later in this episode, you will hear one of the most impactful things you can do to your kitchen to drastically reduce your exposure to the trickiest class of toxins. So please listen to the full episode because even if you can't do everything, maybe you're just starting out, you want to upgrade your bedroom. There is one tip towards the end of this episode that you can do in your kitchen today that will make a profound impact. So we're all about making, tra- making changes that are impactful, ones that really add up and make a difference. So I'm going to share tons of different tips, but there is this one thing you can do. Stick around for the episode because you got to hear it. My goal is to give you all the facts with attainable steps on how to improve your health through non-toxic living. So I kind of shared a little bit about my living situation right now. For those of you who don't know my story, please listen to episode 12 of Lifelong. That will be linked in the show notes for you. But I have my own journey with non-toxic living and health and chronic illness and mold illness and all the different things. I had a complete roller coaster of health really starting at age 16 and now I am 27, so I've been on this journey 11 years, and quite honestly, this lifestyle has has saved me. Living a lower toxic life has allowed me to feel the healthiest I've ever felt, and you'll get all those details in that episode. That is episode 12 of Lifelong, linked in the show notes. So with that, let's jump into the body of the episode. The kitchen can be a place where we can be exposed to an outrageous number of chemicals. And I don't say that to scare you, but from air fryers to cutting boards to pots and pans and blenders and coffee makers and waffle makers and all the things, there are so many different chemicals that we're being exposed to in our daily routine And I want to make you aware of these chemicals so that you can make more mindful purchasing decisions and really just lifestyle decisions. And I do want to meet people where they're at. I know that it's not attainable to go in your kitchen and start throwing all these different things out. So I will share tips that are cost effective as well as splurges. So I think it makes the most sense to kind of break down some of these different products in the kitchen and share concerns with them and solutions. So if that sounds good to you all, I guess you don't really have a choice because I'm recording this podcast right now. That is what we're going to do. So let's start out with air fryers. So air fryers are all the rage right now. I personally have an air fryer. I use my air fryer probably five times a week, if not every single day of the week. It is our toaster. It is my preferred way of heating up leftovers. One of my preferred ways of heating up leftovers. And it is just the best way to make food quickly and crisp just how I like it. So we do a ton of air fried chicken thighs and air fried potatoes. And then there's the warm feature, which I love for heating up leftovers. And then I will say just a little tangent here for heating up leftovers. I don't like to use the microwave, but sometimes I use the microwave. This isn't about like getting so stressed out. It's just that the microwave kills nutrients. And if I'm buying, you know, quality organic produce that's very nutritious, I feel like it's such a waste of money to then just like fry it with radiation in the microwave. So I like to heat food up in a pan on the stove. I will go into pots and pans in just a minute here or I use the air fryer. But the problem is a lot of air fryers are made out of plastic, which is very alarming to me because we know the studies, the research, all of it, all the data is out there that heated plastic is extremely toxic. Plastic is dangerous because it contains BPA, phthalates, and a whole bunch of other endocrine-disrupting chemicals, carcinogenic chemicals. But the concerns get very heightened when heat is involved because heat loosens them up and allows them to be released quicker and fast quicker. So when I saw all of these air fryers coming out, those kind of bulbous looking things that are plastic with the handle and the plastic basket, it really, really alarmed me. I never wanted to purchase one of those things because i I just knew that heating plastic is a is a way that toxins get into our body at a heightened rate. So I went out to search for a stainless steel air fryer a few years ago, and we came across the Cuisinart. I don't know the exact model. They have a few different models, but you can look for the stainless steel Cuisinart air fryer. It has been incredible. Everything within it is stainless steel, even the baskets and the trays and the crumb tray. And the exterior, I believe, is also also stainless steel. So that is absolutely wonderful. So in summary, the biggest concern around air fryers is that they are made from, you know, PFAS and BPA. And, you know, heated plastic is not good, as well as these nonstick finishes that a lot of them have are coated in PFAS which I have multiple episodes on PFAS. I will link those in the show notes. I don't want to bore you all with that, but air fryers are just kind of tricky. But there are tons of options now out there that are made from healthier materials like pure stainless steel and glass. And some of those trusted brands I shared, there was the Cuisinart, there is Home Labs, there is Big Boss, there is Breville, Aria and Oster. The next segment here is actually one that I have been working on upgrading myself, and that is cutting boards. So, I feel like I've been on this whole quest with cutting boards, trying to figure out what ones last the longest, what ones are the lowest toxic. What ones clean the easiest and hold up the best? And I'm realizing that solid wood ones are my favorite, but they are definitely pricier and there is more upkeep with them. That being said, there are other kind of middle of the road options like wood or bamboo, not necessarily solid wood. But if you're, you're getting a wooden cutting board that isn't a solid chunk of wood, there is potentially the concern of being exposed to adhesives. Personally, this is just, you know, all of this is is my opinion based on the research I've done. Personally, I would still prefer a wooden, non-solid wooden cutting board over a plastic cutting board. Have you seen the videos of people? There's like these zoomed in videos, I guess, with a a knife on a cutting board and you can see those microplastics just piling up. And I think there was a something that came out that said the average American eats 10 credit cards a year in microplastics, one of the biggest exposures being from cutting boards. And did you know that plastic cutting boards expose you to more bacteria than their wooden counterparts? So I think that's a common misconception that, oh, plastic, you can clean it better and it you know, is better for meat and things like that. No, wood is actually better. Look it up. So I definitely advocate for solid wood cutting boards, like I said, because those are free of glues and finishes. That's like the gold standard, but I know that's not always possible. So bamboo is a suitable alternative, just with a reminder to explore local options. Etsy has a, a lot of great vendors out there. So I would check that out. And then I would also recommend looking at Adirondack Kitchen, Bamboo, B A M B U, Maple Landmark, Tree Board, and Caraway. And then as far as caring for the wooden cutting boards, there are a lot of different techniques. I feel like I've seen some reels and TikToks of of ways to care for wooden cutting boards. And the most recent one I saw was with half of a lemon to I guess, kind of like resurface it. So I did that. And then also maintaining it with oil is something you can do. A non-fractionated coconut oil is what I would recommend. A lot of the other cutting board oils are made from petroleum. So we don't like petroleum over here. We like things that are safe for humans and the environment. Blenders. Next up are blenders. So transparently, I still use a plastic blender I use a ninja and the reason I have been using that is it was a gift a number of years ago and everything that I put in that blender is cold or frozen so I know that there's less exposure than if I was putting hot beverages or liquids into that that blender That being said I, it has been on my list of something to upgrade I always love keeping it real with you all because I am not perfect. None of us can be perfect at this. It's just, you know, these slow upgrades over time and my blender still works and it's not a huge concern for me at the moment because I have reduced a lot of other bigger con- a lot of other exposures. So down the road, I would love to get a new blender and I'll tell you about kind of what I'm looking for in a minute. But blenders can be concerning because of The plastic, like I talked about with the BPA and the microplastics and phthalates. I am just not a super big fan of that. I also heard that because of the blade and because of frozen items wearing and tearing on, because of the high speeds wearing and tearing on those blender cups, microplastics can be shed into what you are then consuming. So, not as big of a concern for me as something like a plastic cutting board because that's literally like chopping into the plastic, so to speak. But it is an area worth considering upgrading if you can't. So focus on choosing a high quality blender looking for stainless steel or glass, trying to limit plastic. I know there are plastic blenders out there that are BPA free and yada, yada, yada. We now know that BPA free is a scam. So steer clear of even the BPA free plastics. I really would suggest, like I said, glass or stainless steel. And some of those brands that I would recommend include the Vitamix stainless steel, it's an attachment that you attach to the Vitamix base the Instant Pot Ace Nova, the Oster Beehive, the Tribest Dynablend, the Black & Decker Power Crush Multifunction, and the Veli. L-U-V-E-L-E. Sorry if I butchered the name of that. So, in summary, choose high-quality materials, avoid hot ingredients, and consider these alternatives. Let's chat about coffee makers. Plastic coffee makers can potentially contain various chemicals and toxins, with BPA being one of the most commonly known concerns. BPA is a synthetic compound used in the production of certain types of plastics, including polycarbonate. It is known to mimic the hormone estrogen and has been associated with potential health risks. When plastic coffee makers are exposed to hot water during the brewing process, there's a possibility that BPA and other chemicals in that plastic may leach into the coffee. So nothing like drinking a big old cup of joe and some plastic and chemicals. Yuck. No, thank you. This is more likely to occur, though, when the plastic is subjected to heat or if it's old and worn. And we know with coffee makers, like, they only exist with heat. They're only used with heat. So. Big red flag here, especially if you're someone who drinks coffee every single day. Some of those toxins in particular that can be found in plastic coffee makers include BPA. Like I mentioned earlier, it's known for its hormone mimicking properties, and it's extra concerning when it leaches into hot beverages. Phthalates are also another huge concern. Reminder these are chemicals that are added to plastics to increase flexibility and durability, and they have been associated with various health issues and are present in certain types of plastics. And some of those health issues associated with phthalates are endocrine disruption, reproductive and developmental effects, asthma and allergies, liver and kidney damage, cancer risk, and more. To learn way more, though, about phthalates, I dive deeper into the subject on episode 73 of Lifelong. That'll be linked in the show notes, so be sure to listen to that to learn more. And then styrene. Styrene is also found in plastic makers sometimes, especially in different components of plastic coffee makers. Styrene is a chemical that can leach into hot liquids, and it's also been linked to potential health concerns. So with coffee makers, some of those things you can be exposed to similar to some of these other kitchen products that are made of plastic and they're especially concerning when heated up. Some of those concerning chemicals are BPA, phthalates, and styrene. So what is a solution for coffee makers? So there are tons of solutions, thankfully, although I will say not all of them are as convenient as an instant coffee maker made of plastic. However, it's totally worth it. So you can look for pour overs, percolators, and French presses, and when looking at these, look for ones that are made of pure stainless steel or glass. Some of those brands, like I said, there are a lot, so get your pen and paper out and jot out some notes. Some brands of healthier, non-toxic coffee makers include the Mocha Pot, the Pure Over Pour Over, the Bodum French Press, the Harlow Woodneck Drip Pot, the Chemex pour-over, various bun models. Just make sure you look for pure stainless steel, the Cuisinart percolator, and the Ovalware pour-over. We'll try to link those in the show notes so that you can check those out. Those are what I would look for if I were a coffee drinker. The other concern with coffee, though, is mold. Did you know that coffee beans are one of the moldiest foods out there? So if you're suffering from mold illness or you're thinking that you might be sensitive to mold, please look at your coffee and ensure that your coffee is mold free. There are some brands that are very, very allegedly mold free and people trust them. Again, I'm not a coffee drinker, but if I work, Those two mold-free, toxin-free coffee brands are Purity Coffee and Kion, K-I-O-N. I never know how to pronounce that. I'm sorry. So mold is just, first of all, it's in the beans. And then a lot of times in these plastic coffee makers, these plastic coffee makers are harboring bacteria. I read something that home coffee makers have more germs than toilet seats and bathroom door handles combined. So That's kind of disgusting. If you're a coffee maker, coffee drinker, that is, remember to look for pour overs, percolators, and French presses made of pure glass or stainless steel. Question Are you using a waffle maker that prioritizes the safety of your family's health? The reality is. A lot of waffle makers are loaded with nonstick chemicals like PFAS, perfluorinated alkyl chemicals that are known to be very detrimental to all systems of the body and very tricky to get out of the body due to their half-life. Remember, you can learn more about PFAS in two other episodes of Lifelong Podcast linked in the show notes. But the category of waffle makers is one of the trickiest to navigate. Like I said, because the nature of them is they almost need nonstick to fall out, to be released from that waffle maker easily. What I've found though is that cast iron is your best bet. Admittedly, it's a little different than a traditional waffle maker, but the closest thing that I could find to a traditional waffle maker was the this brand called Presto. And it was called the Number was 03510. The Presto 03510, we'll try to link that in the show notes, is composed of solid ceramic. I thought that was super cool. I'm a big fan of solid ceramic. Just one thing to note is that you do want to look and see if the brand has heavy metal testing. For Presto, I wasn't able to find that. But from my research online, at least, it points to this being a cleaner. Option, especially compared to PFAS. And we know that PFAS have a, ha- a high half life, so it takes them a while to get out of the body. Remember that these chemicals can potentially leach into our food during the cooking process, too, which poses risks to our well being over time. So you don't want to be exposed to these things. We want to prioritize finding brands that exclude PFAS or, for- or forever chemicals and as well as titanium ceramic coatings. Because our health is so important. And it might seem like such a small thing, like, oh, I'm just changing my waffle maker. Like, that's not going to do much. Yeah, it is going to do a lot. And actually, these choices, this is what I was alluding to earlier in the episode, being able to remove things that we use on a daily basis that have PFAS will greatly reduce adverse health effects over time. And the PFAS take a while to get out of the body. So, the quicker we can start limiting our exposure to PFAS, the better. I did want to share a few other brands for you all because waffle makers, like I said, are a little bit of a tricky category. So, most of these are cast iron the cast-iron ones are Rome Industries, Lot 45, and Hawak H-A-W-O-K. And then I also had mentioned the Presto 03510. And another product to look at is the Euro Cuisine. I hope you all are finding this episode helpful so far. Remember to be your own guru, do your own research keep staying hungry hungry oh my gosh talking about waffles now i'm getting hungry but seriously stay hungry for knowledge stay hungry for learning more and being curious and we just shouldn't continue allowing brands to expose us to a ridiculous amount of chemicals pots and pans potentially the most important category we are going to discuss today Earlier in the episode, I alluded to me sharing something that you can change today that will make a profound impact. And it's just if you're able to just do one thing, that is to upgrade your pots and pans to pure ceramic or stainless steel. Traditional nonstick pots and pans, which comprise most of the ones on the market, expose you to these toxic forever chemicals, PFAS, which I've already exhausted myself explaining, and I don't want to bore you all, but pots and pans, think about it. Those are something that we use on a daily basis, kind of like the coffee maker, but I'm more concerned here because of the PFAS in the pots and pans. In studies, in a two-bedroom apartment with bird owners, the pots and pans just being heated up on the stove, released fumes to kill the birds. I'm sure if you have a bird owner in your life, you've probably heard that they need to open windows or they use non-toxic pans because they care about their birds. So if if this in just one use can happen to a small bird, what does this do to an adult human body over a lifetime? Again, is what I what I said earlier, if you can do one thing, upgrade your pots and pans. Like, Why are we still using nonstick? We're heating that up. They get scratches in them. That releases more chemicals. The heat releases more chemicals. The fumes are so toxic. Look for pure ceramic. Some of those brands, or pure stainless steel, but with pure ceramic, this is not ceramic coated. Pure ceramic means it is 100% made out of ceramic, and the brand that I trust the most with that, in fact, I have all my pans are outfitted here, it's extrema. X T R E M A. Their pans are excellent. There's a little bit of a learning curve in figuring out how to work with these types of pans because they're different than nonstick. But once you get the hang of it, they are incredible. I use, like I said, most all my pots and pans are Extrema. Otherwise, they are all clad stainless steel, which is another excellent option. But keep in mind, all clad does sell nonstick and some other lines. So look for their stainless steel line, the pure stainless steel line. Another option with like baking, you can look for Pyrex glass baking dishes. Anchor Hawking, I think that's the name of the brand, is another one that I trust as well. And then 360 Cookware is all around the best stainless steel one-stop shop. They... Even make, I believe, a rice cooker. I'm not going to talk about rice cookers in this episode. There are so many different things in the kitchen, and it's like I had to decide. I had to prioritize what to talk about today, and we don't have all the time in the world. But I tried to just kind of dive into some of the bigger ones today. And then the last thing you can look for is a type of product as well as a brand, and that is cast iron. Cast iron pans are really, really an excellent choice compared to nonstick pans. The brand that I would recommend there is Lodge. I feel like Lodge is the most well-known cast iron pan out there. And I love my cast iron. Again, learning curve with figuring out how to use it, how to clean it. The thing that I figured out that works the best for me is right after cooking, I sprinkle in some coarse salt and then I take a paper towel or you could use like a potato. Apparently a potato is really good for kind of, scrubbing the salt into the pan. And so what you do then is you have the salt laid out in the cast iron pan. That's kind of in the gunky food you just cooked. And then you take the wad of the paper towel or half of a potato and really work it, the salt into the pan. And you'll see that some of that like gunk and oil and everything just starts getting combining together and really building up and coming off the pan really easily. So then I take it over to the trash can and then I kind of scoop it out And then what I do is I will do a rinse. Maybe I'll use like a little teeny bit of Branch Basics because that's a gentle soap. And that's also what I use. You don't want to use harsh soaps on Lodge or on cast iron in general because that is really harmful to the cast iron pan. So you want to be as gentle as possible. Use a little water, maybe a little Branch Basics, and then dry it right away. The key I've learned is drying it right away so that rust does not occur, and then I give it a little spritz with some avocado oil or I smear a little coconut oil to just kind of keep it oiled up and looking good. So, sounded probably a little complicated, but in summary, to care for a cast iron pan, clean it right after cooking, sprinkle in a little bit of coarse salt, rub it out with a paper towel, scoop that into the trash, give it a quick rinse, maybe a little dollop of branch basics, another quick rinse, dry it out, oil it up, hang it on your shelf, store it in your oven, whatever you need to do, and you'll be good to go. So please, please make decisions that resonate with you. I know I tossed a lot out there at you all in this episode always like to just throw it all out there let you guys kind of take what you want leave what you don't need whatever resonates with you that's great whatever doesn't resonate with you that's also great pots and pans though it's a big one it's a big one when it comes to reducing your exposures because there's something we use so frequently also if you're pregnant or looking to get pregnant see see if your hormones change when you get rid of your nonstick pans and let me know before we close out this episode, I wanted to share some of my other favorite non-toxic kitchen must-haves. So I love mason jars and Weck jars for storing food. I like to store nuts and seeds in jars. I store my sourdough starter in a mason jar. I use the Weck jars for leftovers. W&P is also a great brand for Food storage containers, stasher bags are something I use very often for food storage as well. I love glass bowls instead of plastic bowls for like mixing. Porcelain is also an excellent option when it comes to dining wear. And then cotton and linen towels and napkins are one of my favorite things. I did work and studied in the textile industry. And so I'm just such a sucker, as you know, for Fabrics and clean, healthy, non toxic natural fibers. So, cotton and linen towels and napkins. And then, branch basics, branch basics, dish soap. They also have a dishwashing detergent now, which is also great. So, those are some of my faves. I hope you all enjoyed listening to this episode, learning a bit more about the toxins in the kitchen and what to do about it. And I hope that you feel ultimately encouraged and motivated to make some of these small changes because small changes matter. You got this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you all. See you next week. One more thing before you go. Are you subscribed to Lifelong Podcast? Have you left a rating and review? Are you following along on Instagram at lifelong underscore pod and at holistic with Heidi? If you're not doing so already, Consider doing it to support our show and to help spread this message near and far. Thank you all, and we'll see you next week.